Thank you for tuning in to Cop with Comic. I'm Brian Cop, and we're with Dan Frigolette. Dan Frigolette, how the hell are you? Hey, man, thanks for having me. I am, I, am I, yeah, am I slaughtering the name? I know it rhymes with Gillette, but it's a hard G. No, you crushed it. It's perfect. That's, uh, fucking crushing yeah. it. And it's, it's good because that's you across social platforms. People got to fucking know how to spell and say Dan Frigolette, right? They probably already do because you have the Porn Stars or People podcast. That's pretty huge. Yeah, I, you know what? I, I found out at the beginning of my career. The first thing I ever did in entertainment was I was on the radio and they made me change my name, right? They were like, that's not a real name. You can't do that. <laughs> like, that is my real name. So I was Danny Shays for like five years, right? Fucking Danny Shays. Oh, bro. And the whole time I'm Danny Shays and it's not representing my Italian heritage, I'm, I'm, I'm having to say things like, here's Christina Aguilera with uh, Julie in a bottle. So I was like, you know what? If, if I got to learn Christina's name, these people can learn my name. Yes. Yeah. So I mean, when you're, yeah, when you're on somebody else's radio show, it's, you know, they can call you whatever the fuck they like. But when you are the creative force, like Christina Aguilera, I mean, you're Dan Frigolette right. and you're, you're fucking hilarious. You got your own, your huge big pod. You could say, you know, learn the fucking name, motherfuckers. Right. Right. Well, and then, and then unfortunately now I'm looking at my, uh, my 15 year career and I didn't really, you know, I was so, imp it was so important to me to keep the Italian connection. And mm. then I never really leaned into, uh, into that aspect. So, Look out for me to really take the horns <laughs> on being Italian soon, both in my comedy and then and then in my upcoming project. That's that's the thing I feel I feel bad that I haven't done that. I love Italians that. We're losing we're losing our collective heritage. Uh, <laughs> I gotta I gotta get back in there. Yeah, those old Italian acts are gonna die soon. We gotta make sure we got Dan Frigolette waiting in the wings with a sweet Italian accent, right? Right. <laughs> yeah. So what are the, yeah, we'll talk about porn stars or people podcast later on, you know, what else are you doing? You got uh, online shows. Are you doing in-person shows finally? No. So I got the comedy's best kept secret tour. It's been a thing that's been traveling the globe for um, seven or eight years. And so I use that to be the, the face of what we're doing online. Cause it's already a thing we're doing. So we've been touring for so many, I mean, one of our first tours, we went to, uh, went to Atlanta and we did a whole bunch of things with Andrew Schultz on that tour. The idea of the tour was always that, uh, while people are still building their name, they're still some of the funniest people on the planet. And you should acknowledge yes. that it's a comedy's best kept secrets. Uh, we've kept the secret until this, you know, until we perform in your city, but yeah. you know, over the course of the years, we performed in like 80 cities. And I said, you know what, this is, uh, because these shows are virtual and we got a write up this week in the LA daily news for our wow. show. So I said, I said, let me reach out to everybody who's ever come to a show and tell them that we're doing these virtual shows. And, um, the shows have been, I mean, we've been doing them since I was really hesitant about doing comedy at all at the beginning of this thing. So I think I waited until I think it was even May before I did anything. And yeah, I waited, I waited a little bit too, just to figure out that this shit was actually going to close us for a long time. Yeah, well, it's crazy. I see. I was already thinking like we were closed for a long time already, and um, now that I see what the what the outdoor shows are, I'm even less interested in being involved <laughs> because it's it's like it's one thing to play a comedy club where the max capacity is 50 people and 12 people show up, right? That can still be a salvageable show because you're in a small room. Yeah. But now 
what's happening is I looked at somebody's photos the other day and like the, the photo where they're performing looked great. But then I saw the over the shoulder photo to what they were performing to and they were performing to 42nd Street. Like there's no way to sell out 42nd Street. So even if there's 50 people standing in the street, it's still a horrible show because yeah. nobody's there and everybody knows nobody's there. So the best case scenario right now for outdoor shows is like no mic in a field and everybody's far away. It's a, it's not, it's ruining what we've built as what comedy was for the last 25 years. Yeah. Well, that's fucking, tra that's fucking tragic. And so com comedy's best kept secret will be online until you guys are ready to go back inside. Maybe when a vaccine is effective and widespread. That's well, who knows, man. Right. Like, so like, I, you know, I, I've been hanging out with a lot of hippy dippy people. So now we're in this position where it's like, I think the vaccine's the solution. Right. But yeah. then I realized there's a whole population of people that are never going to get a vaccine. So we haven't even solved the problem if we get a vaccine. We're <sighs> like, this is this is a long time. So now we're going to we're going to we got the president. We got all kinds of things to argue about, which is what's great about our society. Now we can we can argue about the president on either side. You can argue about the presidential uh, uh, nominee on the other side. You can argue about what you think uh, this disease is real or not. You can argue about whether or not you should be eating bats. You can argue about whether or not vaccines will give you autism as a 40-year-old man. It's amazing yeah. out here, man. There's a lot of topics. Uh, none of them have any basis in fact, but it's fun to argue, it seems like. <laughs> And so, like, are you bringing that stuff on stage? Like, are you taking any sort of, like, unpopular argument and justifying it? Or, I don't know, slaughtering conventional wisdom? Kind of what is the Dan Frigolette experience on the the best? Let me check this out. I get it correct. Yeah, comedy's best cast secret. Like, best you, yeah, cast yeah. Secret to, I fuck it up sometimes, too. So now I realize that uh, I, maybe I've taken it too far. I go, you know, you got to pronounce my name and you got to pronounce my 17-word tour. Okay, <laughs> if you mess it up, it's a big disappointment. And you got to pronounce my podcast with all the words in it that, yeah. are, that, are, alliter that are alliterative. I'm making it hard on everybody. <laughs> I should just start over. And but the fact, it, the fact that he says alliterative is a pretty good sign that he's going to be a higher level, a higher class right. of comedian, I'm, right? <laughs> Right. It should uh, instead like to to appeal to more people. It should just be called Titty Podcast, right? Like no alliteration, <laughs> no just Titty Podcast. Probably all Titty Pod. I got to look Pie with Danny Shays, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> titty Pod with the Shays. No. So uh, what did you ask me? So I think this is what I think. I think that um, that the idea that we're watching murder shows like these uh, true 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 crime TV shows to try to solve murders, I think that's messed up. I think we need to start solving murders in the in the other side. I think we're looking for murderers, but we all know why people murder. I'm watching people argue on Facebook all day. Like every one of those people is like some proximity away from just grabbing an ice pick <laughs> and jamming it through somebody's like cerebral cortex, uh, like. I think we need to start looking at actually the types of people that are being murdered. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I think we can all understand why people would murder other people. I think we need to look at who's getting murdered to decide if they're even good people. Because if you murder somebody who's a dick, then we just go, you know what? I understand now why you murdered that guy. He's kind of an <laughs> asshole. He was riling everybody up. He's making people pronounce his name in public. It's the whole thing. Time served. And, Out of here. Time served, man. Yeah, it's one of those things. It's like, look, like you, they always go to the neighbor to, like, figure out what's going on. Look, look, can you think of anybody who would have wanted to murder Brian? And I apologize <laughs> if that's your name. But, and, like, if the neighbor says any more than one person, then yes. that, like, stop looking for, like, it's done. Like, multiple people are in the discussion. There's multiple credible people that could have murdered this guy. This guy's a dick. Leave it alone.
Yeah, I love that. That, that could be a show too. You know, Dan Frigolette like is kind of investigating like either real real murder or fake murder, and just kind of like looking at the the victims' Facebook posts or whatever, and just making fun of the fact that yeah, this dude fucking he had it coming. Yeah, and like what was the show? How to Catch a Predator? It would just be like, uh, <laughs> should we kill a prey? That would be the show, I guess. Something like that. Is it is it fine that this person is dead? Yeah, I will. Uh, I will donate a dollar to the what the criminal defense fund for every fucking uh, douchebag who hated this victim or every Anybody person this victim pissed off. that Brian is dead, right. I love that we're right. using my name. That's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's just, the per- it's just the perfect, like, guy who it could go either way. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. everybody, everybody who's in a relationship right now, every guy who's in a relationship uh, knows that his girlfriend at some time or another fucked a Brian, right? So, like, it's a good example. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and we yeah. don't love that, Brian. You're, yeah. the, you're you're on the upside of the Brian's, right? But I don't know, man. I, I had an earlier episode today that might fucking out me, man. I'm gonna have to fucking uh, edit that episode pretty. I don't want the me, the me too people coming for me. But that's the life of a pot, comedy podcaster. Trying it is to get, hard. Yeah, when you're going to be open and honest right and, in yeah. cancel culture, and you try to go for the joke, and then the person on the other side of the podcast just goes, "So what you're saying is, is that you violate consent all the time?" You're like, "Bro, I'm just trying to make a joke." Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> Obviously, that's not my my uh, my situation. But yeah, this keeps happening to people. They like they can pay, they can push you into a corner about whether or not you're racist, uh, non-consenting, and and gender biased. Yeah, uh, it's hard. I love it. It's you hard. had those three things at the ready. That was fucking great. Like, and oh, are you finding right. that you're able to talk about these things at certain comedy clubs at a certain part of the nation or the world and not others? Are you kind of like feeling out the audience or is your act sanded down of any rough edges? It's funny you, you said that because that's my that's that's what I have on my vision board is those three things. No, the, <laughs> um, so I'm staring at it all the time. No, honestly, dude, I think people, and this is the thing I tried to prove with comedy. I went to South Africa two years ago to prove that comedy is funny no matter what your experience is and that the things that I was doing on stage were universally true. And I bumped into certain problems, right, when it came to uh, particular types of language that I was using or or particular examples I was using that might not have been um, particular to that area, right? But ultimately, funny is funny and the human condition is real. Everybody from everywhere understands like like what our world is and even if they behind closed doors are intolerant of something or they don't understand it that doesn't mean that it's not going to play itself out correctly on stage one of my favorite things to 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 do well to view was i i would i I had this um volunteer firehouse that we would do in baltimore maryland and uh, it's, it's, it's the red status, like, like it's the most like pro, tr- like it's like boat, it's like drunk RV, like yeah. these are the people at this thing. And like, what would happen is I'd bring down guys from New York city and, and anybody, the vibe in New York is, uh, try to be unbiased to try to like fit between the lines and all the things. Right. And then the vibe everywhere else in the country is just identify. So we know what we're talking about. So like a guy would come from New York and he'd be like 35 years old and he'd be talking about dating and how he doesn't have any kids and how he lives in an apartment and how he doesn't own anything. And the crowd is like, I don't understand what this is. I brought a guy down who like, whose like gender was, was confusing. Like he didn't necessarily represent like masculinity to the fullest. His ethnicity was confusing. And the crowd was just like, I don't know what's happening. And then the next guy came on stage and just told the crowd immediately that he was gay. And they were like, cool, thank you for identifying. Uh, now I don't have to guess. At. I love that. Now I don't have to guess anymore. Yeah. 
you're gay, I don't hate you, right? Even though, like, you think I hate you, but you're gay, I hate you, sorry, I don't hate you. So now just tell your jokes, and the, and the lens of the jokes is you're a gay guy, and that's, and that worked better. This, yeah. this like, walking the line and trying to appease everybody ultimately doesn't streamline the message that you're trying to, to create <laughs> or the lens that you're trying to base your comedy on, right? I, you can't be everything. That. Be and the so thing how, that yeah. you are. Yeah, how do you do that? Because yeah, Julia Jeffries on, and she, uh, I think she, you know, has experience with black and queerness. Where she was, uh, she noticed coming up through Boston that once you own your shit and have confidence in your material, it's almost like you're giving them permission to laugh. Like especially exactly. when it comes when it comes to queerness yeah. or whatever. And so when it comes to like a straight white dude or whatever, you know, is it totally clear to them? You know, or do you have certain things that you do at the beginning of your act that also kind of clarify your identity for them? I suppose it's just straight white dude who has Italian heritage. But like, what's is funny, there anything that, that you can do at the beginning of your act to even further clarify? Well, what's funny is, at, you know, I assume you're, you're a straight white dude, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like as straight white dude, you look at me and you go straight white dude. But when I go someplace, that's not like the vibe I, I give people. People <laughs> like the vibe I give people is like, we're not sure what his ethnicity is. Um, and he might fuck my daughter. Like that's the appearance <laughs> I have when I walk into a room. And that's been me trying to like either align or completely disalign with that is my is my immediate comedic uh, tool, because you know, you can't tell somebody else what they think of you. When you walk in the room, they're going to make a determination, right? So early on in my career, I straight up made my hair into the douchebag faux hawk so that I could talk about it so we could get over the fact that I look like this guy, right, yeah. that, you, that you're supposed to not like. Because the only other option would have been own that personality and just spend my whole set talking about fingering your daughter. And that's not that <laughs> fun for me. Right. Yeah. Like it'll make it into the set, but I don't want 45 <laughs> minutes of it to be about how I'm going to bang your girlfriend or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, that's not that's not useful. So that's been the. the yeah. So what do you say? Early, what do you say early on? You're like, I have a serious girlfriend. I live with my girlfriend. I'm married. Like, what do you kind of say earlier on to let them know that uh, this guy might not finger my daughter immediately? Yeah, no, it's it's more like the acknowledgement that um, I don't know. It's so funny to think now because because now that I don't have the live comedy a little bit, no, it's it's just no more <laughs> the acknowledgement that I that I have this douchebag uh, face. And when you're earlier on in your comedy career, you 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 say it uh, um, like like very explicitly, right? To the, yeah. to the to the extent where you go, look, I have a douchebag face. I get it. And then now, like later on in your career, after ten years, it it's sort of it is the lens that that dictates all of your material. So you don't have to say it necessarily abruptly because it's the, it's the under context of every joke that you write, if that makes yeah. Any sense. Yeah. Once you know who you are, like every joke is going to smack of that and you don't need to fucking say I'm a, right. I'm a douche. It'll come through Dave your Chappelle words. doesn't walk on stage every day and go, I'm a black guy. Black people don't have it exactly equal in the yeah. u.s but but that is the the undertone of every every piece of his message and we get that so once you get to uh you know a, a later on stage uh you just yeah it, it just ultimately coats everything you're talking about yeah um, and i guess that's probably true with the podcast too where it's like you know you think that you know you're talking to porn stars it's going to be a certain way but i mean of course the full title is porn stars are people podcast and so you know it's like dan frigolette presenting as a douche it's like, nah, man, throughout his act, you're learning that uh, that douche is three-dimensional in the same way porn stars are people. So kind of how did he decide to do the podcast, and, and what are you learning about porn stars and how they're people? 
What a perfect soliloquy. I like the way you did that whole thing. <laughs> it's, it's like you have your own show or something. Uh, no, the Born Social People podcast, honestly, yeah. I don't, there was some element of, of, it's a culmination of factors, right? Like, I think a part, like being jammed into you must be a man slut, uh, like, like drawer for my whole life made me extra aware of the idea that like okay well i'm not but why why would it be such a bad thing if i was right and and why are we so hesitant to address our sexuality and why are we pretending that sexuality and and knowing your sexuality and your preference and all these things and identifying it why are we pretending that these are negative attributes um there's there's something about our society that still asks us to to shelve and to hide uh aspects of ourselves to put the best foot or whatever we think in the scenario that we're standing in it would be the most favorable attributes and i think that i think that's baloney as a comedian it was important for me immediately to have my parents know that I was a comedian. So in the same realm, when I would meet somebody who was a good drinker, right, or somebody who this, that, or the other thing, and their parents weren't aware of it, I always thought that was weird. And I always think it's weird, too. If like if, They should know about your your prodigious drinking skill. I love that. <laughs> if that's who you are, man, if that, like, yeah. that's not who I identify as, right? But if, but, yeah. if, like, but if I'm at a party and you're the greatest drinker that ever lived and you're challenging people to, to yeah. drinking games, right? And you're the greatest. Sure. And then now you don't do that in front of your family. I think that's weird. I think everybody should know who you are. But yeah. to that effect, there's always this in the back of my mind when I get on the podcast with porn stars to, you know, I always want to find out. And I don't, I probably don't ask, but um, do your parents know? And how do they feel? Because... Yeah. Somebody who's driven to uh, the profession, it's not what we thought it was. It's not, it's not what it was in the 1900s. People are not being abducted and forced into porn. You know, uh, most of these people uh, are in control of their content. They have an OnlyFans. They, they, they have consent over everything that they do, uh, whether yeah. it be on film or whether it be in a bed or whether it be in a stairwell or in a car, whatever, whatever, whatever genre <laughs> you watch. Uh, there should be a hot air balloon porn. I, I don't know. I haven't seen that one. Uh, but these people are, you know, they, they, whatever it is that they align with the sex positive aspect, I think like on some level, their parents like know that, like yeah. if you're, if you're a horny little kid, like your parents are going to catch you whacking off a lot. They're going to yeah. know that you're just a horny little kid, right? Like <laughs> there's that weird scene in Dirk Diggler movie. I yes. can't think of what it's called right now. I'm just going to yeah, call it Dirk Diggler. Boogie Nights. Yeah, yeah. Nice. And where he's like, uh, he's, you know, he's got this hog on him and that's what yeah. he thinks is the most important thing about him. Right. So he's, he's fighting with his mom and he goes, there's things about me. There's things about me. You don't, you don't know, know what I could do. You don't know what I can do. things about me. Right. And that's, he's talking about his dick, yeah. but, but, but it's not, that's just, that's just a metaphor for the idea that like, like, look, people, people that are, that are ultimately like, imagine that you, imagine that you were the greatest piano player of all time. And you like, didn't want your family to know that because there was some yeah. stigma around it yeah. and it's a bad example. Right. But, but, but being extra sexual or being in touch with your sexuality should not be a, the stigma that it is. So that's always been the goal of the podcast. We don't always get there, right? Sometimes we're just messing around. Sometimes we're just talking about uh, sending dick pics, but sometimes we really, we get to the heart of what it is to be your own business and have it not matter um, that it is. The weird thing is, is that the, the places that comedian and entertainers 
align with porn stars, especially in today's society, is 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 like quadruple fold, whatever that word would be. Like you just align all the places because they, they they make their own hours. They have to have a drive to be successful. They really need to like build a brand. Yeah, and pers- persona, pers- right. persona hustle. Right. You, you have to own, know what your fans want from you. They're their own boss, right? They have to, right. All those things. And so it's just like giving the people what they want. That's what Dan Frigolette does. And then like, you know, bringing it back to the comedy, like comedy's best kept secret. Of course, people are going to look at your podcast because that's fucking amazing. Like when does the, when do the podcast episodes drop? Uh, Portraits of People podcast every Monday uh, at midnight East Coast, um, basically, basically Sunday night. And is that paywall uh, protected? Is that Patreon or is that, uh, it looks like SoundCloud. Uh, it's on SoundCloud because I've been doing it long enough that I didn't really like do all the like what's libs and I didn't do all yeah. that research. And then at some point I decided that there are, there are successful podcasts on all the platforms. So what does that really matter? Yeah. Um, we have a Patreon. I'm, I'm still trying to figure out the best way to cre- the problem is. And then this is this is where we bump into it. Uh, I started a podcast that uh, that pe- that that tacitly gets guys who are still holding their wieners to listen in and i'm not and i'm not creating content for you are holding your wiener and then finishing with your wiener hand so i've i've done some you know like in whatever i've done i've done something wrong to the fact that like i'm not reaching the sex positive audience that really wants to know some of this stuff Uh i'm reaching i'm reaching the masturbators which is fine No, no disrespect to a masturbator i just think we're all different people uh for the eight minutes that we're holding our dicks in our hands yeah And so, I mean, you got to make sure you're attracting the right audience to you. And so, um, you know, part of that is, is coming on the Coppin' with Comic and let, letting, hey! you know, <laughs> letting everybody know that fucking, you know, Dan Frigolette is no longer Danny Shays. And someday he's going to un- unleash the Italian on everybody, unleash the Dago on everybody. And I can't wait for that day. I love the beard. The beard yeah, the beard is working for you, man. Like on Instagram oh, here. Tough. But like it's yeah, it's working though. Like I really think like you're gonna walk in and people won't think douche anymore. They're gonna think Middle Eastern man. Are you ready for that? That could be a good thing. That's the thing. I've I've always had the beard where I where I just rock it. Like it's like it's like a shave on Monday situation, and then and then see where we get to kind of deal. Um, before it becomes a problem. But no man, this is yeah, this is this is a significant beard. If people, I mean, they obviously can't see me, but if if they don't understand, I'm gonna do the photo shoot with the beard soon. But if they don't understand, like this is the best way for me to describe it. Before quarantine, uh, people were sort of uh, in this perspective of me where uh, where I kept getting like confused. Like they would do that like celebrity game, right? Like who do you look like? And most of the time people would just tell me I look like old Aladdin. And now I look like fat Jafar. So that's, that's what's changed in the six months that I've been in quarantine is uh, Dude, yeah, just personal hygiene mostly. Yeah, I can't wait to hear the jokes that are coming out of that face now. Like, <laughs> like yeah, you could do a whole new fucking set of material. And so comedy's best kept secret. When's the next show? Uh, we just, you should interview me on Thursday. We do four shows every Friday. Oh, fuck. Uh, we, and we try to repost it, but it's five o'clock, eight o'clock, uh, ten o'clock, and midnight Eastern Central Eastern Standard Time because we're trying to hit all the things. So the five o'clock, uh, honestly, we get we get uh, broadcast out to England. Uh, we got some veterans that listen in England, and then the midnight we try to get on the West Coast, and then if possible, like we had somebody on from uh, from Australia the other day. We've been having guests on from South Africa. We've had guests on from England. So that's sort of the value and the virtue of trying to do that many shows in one night is that is that we're crossing so many time zones that hopefully we can become a global entity at least at least yes. for the time being. 
Yeah, and so I mean that that's via this this yeah this Zoom link on your Dan Fregulat. Is that where they see Comedy's Best Kept Secret? I will go Comedy's Best Kept Secret Tour dot com. It's the easiest easiest fastest way to find me. It's also on DanFregulat.com. dot com. But yeah, but it's been. It's been a rough week, man. Like I pre-taped all the shows this week because I spent uh, I spent all week trying to figure out how to uh, facilitate going to a funeral and not make my family have to move everything, you know, in, in, yeah. in the world. Dude, we did. Yeah, we didn't even get to talk about the suite. Yeah, we're gonna have to talk about that next time you're on. We had a we had a topic that was planned, but once you get Dan Frigolet going, man, he's just he's hilarious, and um, you know, we're out of time. So Dan Frigolet, thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate you.